Welcome back to the Broke Broke Podcast. I am your favorite Broke host, Marcial Nunez. And this week, I actually have my first guest of the year, my friend Ashley. I'm recording this introduction after my interview with her, but just wanted to tell you this week we are talking about the inner child. It was such a great episode, such a great, engaging conversation. We answer a lot of questions like, what is the inner child? How can you identify it? What are parts in our life now in adulthood that we can see our inner child? And all around, such an awesome episode. So thank you so much, as always, for listening to my podcast on a weekly basis, for giving me constructive criticism and your feedback. But yeah, guys, I'm about to switch it over to the interview. Just wanted to hop in here and say thank you. Thank you so, so much. For today's episode, we're going to dive into the topic of the inner child, and I'm so excited to be interviewing my friend, my colleague, Ashley Mayora. You want to say hi? Hello. Hello. We are so excited to dive into this episode, but I definitely wanted her to introduce herself. That way you guys have an idea of who she is and what she does for a living, her passion. So go right ahead, Ashley. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Thank um, you so much for joining me. <laughs> of course. Uh, my So my name, that's a neat place to start. My name, uh, Mayora, Ashley Mayora. Mayora is a made-up name, actually, but it is what I've used to, what's what I've gone by for art. When I first moved from the Bay Area to Montana, I had a lot of things change. I mean, the environment changed, people changed everything, but I had a lot of different last names growing up, and none of them really resonated with me. And so when I moved here, I wanted to create something new, something that would simultaneously, you know, pay respect to those names, but also create something new for myself in this new place where I was really excited to heal and grow. And, you know, at 18, I moved to Missoula to go to college, Missoula, Montana. So Mayora originated from my legal last name, which is Gray hyphen Reloba. It's my mom's maiden name and my father's. And then I went by Mets in high school because that was my stepdad's. So this Mm. sort of like identity thing in Mayora made me feel more of my own, but also still paying respect to the past as well. A little, yeah, a little side note with my name, but I'm a, I'm a professional artist and then I'm the creative director for Origins Curriculum, which is a holistic based online curriculum for preschool children through sixth grade currently but we are looking to the future to expand. And um, so that means I get to do a lot of different things. But my main job is that I work as sort of the the harmonizer for our teams. I make sure to tie up all the loose ends with projects, updates, and revisions. Um, I'm a big idea generator. I'm a content creator. I uh, create the meditations for the homeschool curriculum for the older age ranges and I get to have a lot of beautiful supportive phone calls with co-workers and I do a lot of the hiring I've just I've been fortunate to be able to be a part of the entire process and we're a startup so it's really exciting to watch it blossom and grow. Ashley is our anchor I should probably mention i 
in two episodes or three episodes behind, I did mention that I got a new job a few months ago, and it's actually with Ashley at Origins. <laughs> She's the one who yeah. hired me, and I always like to describe her as the anchor of the team. I really, she does, she does it all, guys. She does everything. So she's amazing. And um, do you want to go ahead and talk about your art as well? I'd love for them to hear about that too. Sure. Yeah. Um, and, you know, just to comment on the she does everything. It's also very good for me as a yes. Gemini, which you yes, know. We relate on that. <laughs> I uh, love having different things that I get to do every day. Um, and note, I said get to do, not that I have to do. I really try to be intentional with my words. Not all the time am I successful at it, but I do try to be intentional about that. And I, uh, as for the art portion, I went to school for art originally. I went to school, actually, I went to school for a few different things. It, I bounced around. <laughs> Sounds like a Gemini. <laughs> I, <laughs> I started with, I think, uh, creative writing, went into photojournalism, tried psychology, and then ended up going undeclared for a while. And then I decided on art, which was something I'd always done. I've always painted and really started painting at 15 and on. Um, but I was afraid of of pursuing it in college because I didn't want to make it my job and, and lose the joy. Mm-hmm. and one thing led to another and I decided to pursue it and originally I decided to get a bachelor of arts and then I decided to get a bachelor of fine arts <laughs> <laughs> and um and then I decided to pursue the teaching aspect as well um because even though I'm a very open and creative human I'm also I also have that very logical side that uh, is really rooted in me too to keep me I guess it's the the adult the more adult side of me that watches over the sort of child side of myself, if that makes sense. So I wanted to have something to fall back on that would, that I could actually use my degree and be an art teacher. So one thing led to another and um, I actually ended up using both parts of my degree. Uh, The education portion is where I kind of dove into the world of origins and then started to help to create this curriculum because we originated out of four schools, which are here in Missoula, Montana, uh, ranging from infants to preschool. And we have four schools and a fifth coming soon. Um, And then I really, with my art, I never planned to be a part of a gallery or to have that take off. It was just something that I really love to do and that I, I will always do no matter what. And I had a professor, one of the things that really kept me going throughout my life and through, through school was that I, I built these beautiful relationships with my professors that served um, not necessarily as a replacement, but as an alternative to relationships with my parents because I had a really hard time growing up and didn't necessarily have the, I mean, you know, family dynamics are all over the board, but I was getting what I needed from the adults in my life through these beautiful relationships that I was creating through school, through just loving the content, or if I had a problem, I would come to them. I was very communicative and transparent. And so with these beautiful relationships, I was allowed a lot more freedom 
to create and to allow myself to be more expansive. And I've ended up falling in love with a process of painting. It's called encaustic. Um, it is basically beeswax. You can use beeswax that has been bleached or not, but it's mixed with Damar resin, which comes from a tree. It's a hardener. And then you paint with it. So you can mix in oil paints and other mediums. It's obviously it's wax, so it's hot. You have to heat it up, but it allows for so much. It'll, it's very versatile because you can embed in it. You can you do imprints. You can layer. You can do... Uh, photo transfers and you just have so much that you can do with it and it's very tactile and you can create a lot of depth which I started as an acrylic painter so I really wanted to or really love that aspect um, and the more of the the expression that I could I could get across um, so yeah, as in, I, I work as an acoustic painter. I'm represented by Radius Gallery, also in Missoula, Montana. And that started, I believe, back in at the end of 2017, beginning of 2018, um, when I signed with them. And it's been great. They're an amazing gallery. And they've sort of been like, again, kind of like surrogate parents as well just kind of leading me through. I love that. And if my um, listeners, if they want to support you, where can they find your art or your page or whatever you feel comfortable with sharing? My my Instagram handle is at Ashley Mayora. So it's A-S-H-L-E-Y-M-E-Y-O-R-A. Um, that's at Ashley Mayora for Instagram. And it's just ashleymayora.com is my website. And that also has um, within it links to the curriculum content as well. So definitely can, make sure to support her. She posts the cutest pictures in the snow. And <laughs> yes. for anybody that's not experiencing the snow right now, we I get to live through Ashley every time she posts on Instagram. You're so going to have to come visit. Oh, for sure. For sure. I'd say, I mean, you could definitely come to Island, but we don't have that beautiful snow that you have. <laughs> She's always snowboarding and. I love to see it. Yeah. I love it. And I also just, as you guys can tell, even just from her talking, she's definitely so passionate about what she does. Um, and that's something I really admire about you. And I just feel so thankful that you wanted to be on my podcast. And what better of a topic than the inner child? Because especially <laughs> even just from hearing her just her talking about her life, you can tell like this is just going to be a great episode all around. And I'm so excited to learn from you. That's why I love to have guests on the show, because I feel like, I mean, I, I'm the first to always say I don't know it all. And this podcast has served as an opportunity for me to learn from others in the process. So just thank you for offering your time and your wisdom and even just being so open with your experiences growing up. Oh, of course. I'm very, I will always be honest and open and I don't I don't see the purpose in not me too I'm just I'm the same way maybe it's the Gemini in us but I am the <laughs> yeah I'm an open book so I usually on these episodes I do current favorites but I figured with the whole idea of the inner child I would start with a question of the week and something that ties in with I guess catering to the inner child so I wanted to ask you what's something that you did for yourself that sparked joy in this past week 
Oh man, I went snowboarding. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I went snowboarding today. That's awesome. Um, and I, I mean, I'm really fortunate to have created a life that fits that. Mm-hmm. Um, I can work remotely. There are there are times when I do have to go into town and help out at the physical schools. I am still an administrator for the schools, so I do help in that way, or I'll you know do Zoom calls and help with trainings and that those aspects. But most of the time, I'm at home working, and when it snows, I'm heading to the mountain. We are, I'm also fortunate enough to be the second house from the ski resort, and it's it's just amazing we're we don't own this place we're renting but I've never been so close and it's just a gem of a mountain oh I bet I I can't explain how it really does help me to tap into my my childlike nature in the best way because I can when I have all that gear on, nobody sees my face. Nobody knows if even, I mean, you might know if I'm a, a boy or a girl, maybe, but I wear mostly all black. And I just, I love being able to to just ride the camaraderie, the, right. the hooting and hollering from the chairlift, the, how the snow falls in the trees, how the sunlight you know, shines through the trees at certain times, or even when it's socked in and, and you just feel surrounded and you feel like you're in a big cloud. I mean, there's so many different aspects that I could touch on, but I've been snowboarding since I was 12 years old. That's sort of how they hooked me to move to Montana from the Bay Area in the first place. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, well, you get to snowboard. I was like, awesome. <laughs> oh, Sign so me up. <laughs> I remember, you know, being in the Bay Area um, and all the concrete, I loved rollerblading. So I actually still do that um, today, as well as skateboarding. I picked that up this past summer and just ran with it. I really enjoy, um, I have a cruiser. It's kind of like a mix between a a traditional skateboard and a longboard. And it's, yeah, so I just love I just love movement. I love being able to get into a flow state, whether that's with painting or with snowboarding. So that's what I did for myself is I took myself snowboarding and I just, it not only is it good for you, but it, you know, endorphins and just the joy that you can share with other people because it's unlike anything else. I mean, I've thought about it so many times and you have to have generally a special kind of person to to even get on a lift because it's right. scary, you know. It I mean, I've it's never scary. done it, but it looks on the lift terrifying. Sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> you're definitely but, uh, gonna have to teach me when I come visit. Yeah, I would day. love to <laughs> to get over my fear of falling. I have a horrible fear of falling. I feel like that's what keeps me from even simply riding a bike, and it's something that I miss <laughs> so much. But I have a irrational fear of falling, so. <laughs> Oh man, I've fallen so many times last, and that's sort of. I think that's a you know that's a part of the inner child as well is yes that almost that lack of fear. It's it's yes it's not that we're not afraid, but we haven't been we haven't had enough experiences in life as a child to be be afraid afraid. of everything yet. You know, absolutely. That's that's a really good way to put it. And so you know, it's always easier to learn things as a kid, but you know, if you start on a, on a bunny hill and you just take it easy, 
I mean, you're going to fall no matter right. what. Right. everybody tells <laughs> there's me. There's no way around They're it. like, you, there's, you could be a pro, but your first few times you're going to fall for sure. And especially me, yeah. I have horrible balance walking. So I can't. And I've also recently seen some uh, advertise, advertisements for like underwear or uh, just, uh, what is it, long john type uh, mm-hmm. clothing that has padding on it oh. <laughs> for falling which I that's think is, what I need <laughs> yeah we could get you one of those you could just tie a pillow to your butt yes as long as it feels exactly that's what I was gonna say as long <laughs> as it feels like I'm falling on a pillow we're good we're straight I'm down <laughs> so I also wanted to go into even before we dive into the whole topic of the inner child how important do you think it is you kind of touched on it but to do something that sparks joy, whether it be every day, every week, how does that tie into catering to your inner child and taking care of your inner child? Um, well, I think regardless, your inner child really gives you a sense of what your needs are because your inner child will cry out first, in my opinion. And also, I just want to preface with all of this is my opinion from my experience. It is not, I don't have any backgrounds that can justify or validate what how I feel about this topic but this is you know my thoughts with it um really the inner child gives us a sense of what we need and what we want and if we do not allow ourselves if we don't make space and time to do things for ourselves then we can just end up becoming resentful and we can project that resentment towards maybe our boss or towards coworker or towards our partner because we're keeping ourselves from from doing something that we need mm-hmm. um and or we want i mean it's just really it depends on what that is but i think we can lose our sense of self when we don't do that if all you do is get up in the morning and go to work and maybe you go to the gym, that can be for you. But even outside of that, you know, so many of us, that's just become a habit and it's to look good, you know. Right. But what about painting? What about cooking? What about, I mean, you know, cooking in the sense of if you really enjoy cooking and you create art with it or you, um, yeah, or you really like the nutritional sense. Uh mm-hmm. But if you aren't doing things for yourself, then I feel like you lose your sense of self and you become sort of detached. And that's maybe when people can disassociate or they just become depressed and unhappy and they feel that like they have no purpose. I feel like maybe this is why a lot of people, I remember growing up, um, my parents or people older than me always saying, enjoy, enjoy these years while you're young because maybe they've lost a sense of their inner child but every day we have an opportunity I feel to do something to still keep that inner child alive would you agree oh totally even as adults oh yeah I think that's a great point um and I've never thought about that and I think it makes total sense I do think it's important for the people listening to maybe they've never even heard what is an inner child like there could be somebody listening that's like what are they what are they talking about where's this child that they speak of so I always look up you know standard definitions from online but I once I read this definition I'd love for you to give me your own definition and 
This one comes from integrativepsych.com. It says, our inner child is a part of ourselves that's been present ever since we were conceived. The inner child can often recall good experiences as well as childhood fears, traumas, neglect, or significant loss. So I'd love to hear your definition and also why do you think it's so important to understand our inner, inner child? Oh, definition. I think our inner child is our purest sense of self. I think that our inner child is when we first come into this world, we don't have, again, like I said before, we don't have those experiences that make us so afraid. I mean, there are children who can be more afraid than other children, but I also think that can there are a lot of different factors that influence that. But generally speaking, when we come into this world, our sense of self is, I don't want to use the word pure, but it is not, it's untainted. We don't, we, we want to try new things generally, or we're very curious. Um, and I believe the inner child, again, is, is how we understand uh, ourselves now. I think it is a, it's information for us. It is um, an energy. It is a past version of ourselves that is actually still present within us that comes out when we're, <laughs> when we're tired or we're hungry and we turn hangry, right. uh, when we are having a really bad day and we've had, you know, thing after thing happen and you just get to that point where you just you cry or you get so frustrated that you ball up your fists. And I mean, it's an adult tantrum. Mm -hmm. I mean, it'd be great if we were all so mindful and skillful that we could manage all of the different emotions that we have on a daily basis. But our inner child really gives us information as to how, uh, not necessarily how, but what's going on so that we can figure out how to heal or resolve that and that first part is being aware of it so long-winded definition but i think it is um, a part of us now and i think it helps us to understand our needs and our wants could you go maybe into the i the concept of reparenting how does that play into the inner child so there has been a lot of talk about reparenting um, recently, and I think it's a beautiful concept. I There's a few different ways that, I mean, lots of different ways you could go about it, but in my mind, the two that stick out is to, when you are feeling really distraught or you're having an experience, you know, one that I spoke of already of where you worked up and you're crying and you're just having a really bad day, you can comfort yourself the way that you would have if you were a child. You can talk to yourself in your head or out loud um, and, and tell yourself that it's all right, that you're going to take care of yourself or take care of this thing. And um, you can also envision it as well. There's beautiful visualization practices and you can also just allow your mind to create the imagery uh, organically but you can go back to those places or say you're triggered by something and uh, you have a feeling come up from the past that is just really 
um, you say it was really traumatizing. And so you, you can envision yourself as you are now going back to when that happened and comforting yourself as a child in maybe a way that you didn't get comforted when you needed it. And so it's, it's Mm -hmm. both, both working with the past and the present to help heal certain triggers or traumas that may have occurred as a child um, and to give yourself the skills and comfort to help reparent yourself. I think that there's also a portion of that where it's like a part of those trauma traumas or triggers could have, it may not be maltreatment from your parents or abuse necessarily, but it could have just been that, you know, there was something that they weren't able to provide you with or something that they weren't able to do. And that has created something in your present as an adult is that that's a block and it's not really helping you anymore. And so you can go and reparent yourself in those ways and help to give yourself those things now. And I also think that there is a beautiful way to do that with your own children, which I don't have kids myself, but mm-hmm. I've seen kind of how that works in certain family dynamics as well, where you're trying to create this life that is different for your child. Um, and in, in that process, you also do the work with yourself and any of the feelings that come up as you are creating this new experience. Because I can imagine that maybe a parent could even still feel somewhat resentful that they didn't get that, even though they are creating it for their child. And even though they love them, we're human. I, I love that you mentioned that it doesn't necessarily have to be just when, let's say, a parent abuses a child. It could simply be kind of like you said, a lack of. So do you think a lot of people who maybe in their childhood, they their parents maybe didn't even support their dreams or the things that they wanted? Yeah. Or would this be an example of maybe when they get older, they might need some reparenting? Or Totally. To I mean, I even think that it's possible for them to do it as a younger child. I mean, that's true. Depends on how much they can understand the concept and, and, you know, use the tools, but yeah, I, I, I think that also fits into the reparenting. I think any of that does your parents don't believe in your dreams and you kind of grow up or are conditioned to have this mentality that you just, you don't think it's going to work out. And that can translate into other things. It doesn't even have to just translate to your dream itself. It can create a doubtful human. Um, Mm -hmm. And so obviously that would definitely be a block as an adult. We would need to look at that. For Let's say there's somebody listening who's maybe thinking to themselves, I'm not sure how to find my inner child. Maybe they went through something that's completely erased and for the moment, the memory of what was it like to be a child? What were my past joys? Um, how would you, or what advice would you give them to help them identify and find that inner child? And I guess also when you're talking, I was thinking of maybe even a person who is so hurt by their childhood, which I definitely used to be one of those. I had my grandmother who was an amazing human, um, a, a godsend in my life my saving grace. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I could definitely see that creating a block and really connecting with your inner child now and how 
there even may be a a um aversion to that mm-hmm. but i think the easiest way to <clears throat> tap into your inner child or to find it i mean really is you it will come out when you find yourself upset okay when you like whether in in partnership and you have something happen with your partner and then you and then you start to uh fall into whatever habitual pattern you have in that process <clears throat> I can almost guarantee you that came from childhood. Um, and that is a reflection of your inner child and there is an imbalance. So that is one way that you can find them, find yourself is, is in your emotions really and in your experiences, but you have to be tapped in and, and tuned into your body um, and, and the experience itself. We have to be present for it. And oftentimes we're always, we're trying to run away from it or push it away from it, us. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think another way that you can find your inner child is through, you know, when's the last time you laughed so hard, you almost peed your pants or you were crying that you were laughing, you know, you were laughing so hard, you were crying. Right. What was that? Who were you with? What were you talking about? Um, and, and what puts you into a flow state? For me, painting and creating. My inner child thrives and loves that because also, and there's always a positive and negative, but as a child, I had to get really creative with things. I had to use my create my creativity to problem solve because I needed to figure out how to do things for myself. Mm-hmm. And I you know, and I translated that into the jobs that I have now and I get to be creative and problem solve and it's beautiful and I love it. Um, but also the things in your life that, that, that bring you joy and that you've maybe you've done since you were a kid, whether that's, you know, art for me or snowboarding, skateboarding, you know, uh, biking, uh, or if they love to run or anything, cooking, um, yeah, I mean, I think really when you find yourself in that flow state, I, I think that really nurtures our inner child. And when we get to do things for ourselves, that nurtures our inner child. Um, I think even, you know, having a spa day or having a, a um, self-care day can help nurture the inner child as well. As you were talking, I literally was just smiling to myself because I feel like I'm having realizations of little things that I do or things that, for example, spark joy that just come from literally my childhood. Mm-hmm. And it's making sense as we're talking. I'm like, okay, maybe that's why I like this so much. <laughs> like I know for me, I instantly thought of, okay, this is, I don't, I'm not going to use the word weird. I, I love that you said earlier that you want to be mindful or intentional of the words you use and that's something I've been trying to do as well because I feel mm-hmm. like subconsciously I can be really mean to myself mm-hmm. and something I've been pushing a lot in this podcast since I've come back this year is to be kind to yourself so um something unique about me is I you know how people love to travel yes. I love being at the airport <laughs> that is being <laughs> I love there's two parts of traveling that are my favorite 
yes, being at that place is amazing. It's, you know, awesome creative, but I, there is even the TSA. I love being at the airport and I love (laughs) when they hand you food in the airplane. And I know it sounds silly, but I'm realizing now why I, um, I love that you said you're you were super close to your your grandma, right? Um, mm-hmm. Growing up, for me that was my grandfather, and anytime he would come from New York, I don't know if you, um, I don't know if they still even do this on all planes, but they would give these Biscoff cookies, and every time he came from New York, he would tell me he was lying, but he was like, I bought this for you. It's a gift for you. And it was always Biscoff cookies from the airport. (laughs) And so I'm like, as you were talking, like, maybe that's why I love being at the airport and just like, you know, it's like a sense of comfort or even something as why I love to binge watch movies. Like, you know, growing up, I didn't seem like my dad was around, thankfully, but I did. I kind of had a a strange relationship with him. And I would take advantage of the times that I would hang out with him because, you know, he was always working and I was always with my mom. And what we did in that time when we bonded, we binge watched movies. And that's something to this day that literally sparks joy to me is watching suspenseful suspenseful movies like all day long. That brings so much joy to me that to this day, I still would even go to the movie theater by myself. That's how much I enjoy it. But I just love as you're talking, I'm like having little realization moments like, oh, yeah, I used to love that as a kid. Totally. One one also is uh, this is more through media and stuff. Mm-hmm. But even when little songs from past cartoons come on or like yes. Nickelodeon, Nick, 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 Nick or whatever. Oh, yeah. That nostalgia. (laughs) Yeah, it makes you like it brings you right back to certain moments, and that's so. I mean, again, the mind is so powerful. We are our brains are so powerful, and we can. I always think of it as time traveling. Mm -hmm. You could get a whiff of something and be brought right back to when you last smelt that. And I mean, you and I have been writing meditations on about the senses, and I mean. it's just such a beautiful and powerful way to bring ourselves not only to the present, but to, to create other experiences and, and uh, bring ourselves to other places. So true. I love that. I, I even think you give the example of um, childhood TV shows and I've always thought that I'm not sure, honestly, if I, if I would, right now where I'm at in my life, I don't know if I want children yet, but if I were to make mm-hmm. that decision down the line, I always imagine myself like showing my future children the shows that I watched growing up, like Courage the Cowardly yeah. Dog. And and I feel like that's a way of not only tapping into your inner child, but with your child, you know what I mean? Yes. Like building memories through your inner child. And I think that's going to be beautiful. And as a parent, tapping into your inner child by, by not only getting on the child's level, mm-hmm. but allowing yourself to explore curiously with your child so understanding that each experience for them depending on their age is brand new and Mm -hmm. that is extremely exciting and it can be very healing depending on the situation because it can help you to see things with new eyes new perspective (laughs) but that can also happen you don't have to have children that can right. also happen through close relationships. 
You know, if you and I were to go on a hike, I can guarantee you that we both would walk away with beautiful gems and lessons that really clicked and resonated for us. Yes. I love that you said that because I know there's, you know, people who maybe have that same mindset where I'm at right now. So totally. you can experience this through friendships, relationships. This, I, I mean, I think this is where, you know, healing through community and through connection and, and that's so important. But I think that's where this comes into play too. But can you give examples of how your own inner child in your life has affected you as an adult? I know you've touched on it a little bit, but if you kind of want to expand how that's affected you as an adult, your life journey, I know you said you still, you know, that's even why you still paint. Um, if you just want to go more into that. My inner child and how it affects me in the present, I could say generally shows itself first in my closest relationships. So that would be with my partner and or my family. Um, when I think of experiences with my partner where my inner child really comes to play, <laughs> um, I would say that, you know, there's certain habits that I have of if we're, if we're fighting or anything, we don't fight a lot at all. And, but there's certain things, responses that just automatically occur. And that might be me shutting down. That might be me being like, okay, I'll just leave. I just want to go. I just need to get out of here. Um, or it could be, yeah, we'll just use those two examples for now. Mm -hmm. um, as a child, I didn't have I didn't have a voice really when things went wrong and there were, there were bad things happening at home. I didn't have any power. The only thing I could do was leave. Mm. So that's, that, that is something I've carried into my adult life. And that's something that I am actively working on now. And as for like clamming up and shutting down mm -hmm. that when I couldn't leave, what mm -hmm. would I do that? Wow. It was very rare for me to lash out because my um, parents were so intense that my lashing out didn't do anything. It just, it would, uh, it wouldn't go anywhere. It didn't help anything. It didn't, I wasn't louder than them or more powerful than them. It, you know, it maybe was a release at the time for me of, of frustration, um, but I didn't have any power. And so as an adult, I take a step back when I start to see the hat, like these things happening, like say I, I say something that I don't like in an argument, mm -hmm. I get quiet and I start to think a lot. I'm a very, very deep thinker. Um, and sometimes that's not always serving. Sometimes I can go over things for too long, or sometimes I beat myself up for something that, you know that I just don't need to when I need to be more gentle with myself. Mm -hmm. But I will take a step back and watch my feelings and then start to kind of dissect and think about where did this come from? When did I first start doing this? And instead of leaving and actually pursuing leaving, I might go take all the stuff that I have on my body because, you know, you went and went and we're trying to do it, went to 
make it happen and you have your bag with you and everything and you take Mm -hmm. it off of you and you sit on the bed and you say, okay, I want to sit here for five minutes and you put on a timer and there's no right or wrong way to necessarily work with your inner child and how it either helps or inhibits you now. The biggest part is one, slowing down enough to be aware of it and noticing where it starts to come up, pop up in your life. Mm -hmm. Um, And then being able to respond from that point. But it's in that pause, and that's the hardest part. But when you can pause long enough to step back and observe, then you can gain so much more information. And that information is the most important part for you because it's unique to you. What works for me isn't going to necessarily work for somebody else. Right. But you have to be willing and open enough to find what works for you. And that's a part, I mean, this is a little off topic, but that's where I did have a really rough childhood. And I don't know if people are familiar with the ACEs as the adverse childhood experience um, test. I score extremely high on that, but I also score extremely high on the resiliency test as well. And so if anybody has ever wanted or been curious about going and exploring that, uh, it can be intense to, I think the questions are, it's 12 questions. Um, It can be an intense experience to go down that rabbit hole and explore that, but please- always yes but please always uh look at the resiliency test as well because that does play a part uh and there's a really beautiful ted talk by her name is nadine burke harris and i don't remember what the title is but it is a beautiful um ted talk about how our bodies hold on to emotions and experiences and she talks about the aces and its importance in uh, early childhood development and screening, because this is where, you know, it's so important and this is built into or being built into our teacher certification for the, for origins curriculum. It's a course that we're creating, but being trauma-informed, understanding, because there's so many times that you'll see a student or a child act up in a certain way, and then you immediately get mad or frustrated that they're not doing what they want, that they should not doing what they should be doing, but we don't, we don't, again, we don't pause long enough to consider the why and what's happened before to create this now. Going back to the inner child, I really feel like that's, that's exactly how our inner child helps us. It helps us to see from the past and how it has carried forward with us to the present. and then, I, you know, my inner child really helps me to uh, be adaptable and resilient now. And I think my openness um, and creativity is really that inner child, that childlike nature. Um, I'm not afraid to make a mark on a page. I'm not afraid to try something new. And that really helps to move me forward in my life. I don't generally, I do have doubt creep in from time to time, but I generally am the person who will take on something new that I've never done before and just say, okay, let's try it. And if I can't, 
you know, do it now, I'll figure out how to do it. Um, that inner child is what helps me to be create a, to be a creative problem solver um, and co-create the beautiful things in my life. It's the, it's the imaginative portion of me that thinks anything is possible. Mm-hmm. It really is what helps me to be the glue or the support for the curriculum and to keep to keep the the inspiration and the drive for it, the excitement for it, that me tapping into that, into my goofiness, my silliness to that is, that's my inner child. Do you think a lot of people maybe who have faced trauma or a harder childhood, like in your case, it might be harder for them to tap into their inner child as they get older. So what advice would you give to somebody to heal that inner child who's been wounded? And maybe because of that trauma, somebody doesn't want to tap into the inner child because they're scared they're going to have to relive what they experienced as a kid rather than, you know, there, there are positives to the inner child. There are good experiences. There are things that make you who you are if you're willing to tap into it. So um, what advice would you give to somebody to heal the wounds that you may have faced when you were a child? Well, and you already kind first, of mentioned with the, you know, being, taking a pause and, but yeah, I mean, the, there's always going to be that factor of how bad do you want it? How, and how ready are, are you for it? I think one of the biggest parts is that, you know, depending on what trauma you're, you're dealing with, and I don't want people to associate the inner child with just like childhood trauma, because that's not the inner child your inner child is the one that felt in that's great you know that's a good way and and the the childhood trauma is the experience and the action you didn't create that you experienced it Mm -hmm. um and so I would say that the desire really has to be there as well as openness because you're, it's uh, like I said, it looks different for each person. Your recipe for healing, it looks very different than mine. Mm-hmm. But you have to be open enough to be able to find those things because they might not be what you think they are. It may be something that you've never even been exposed to. I mean, there's a whole world, a whole healing community that is outside of the mainstream and it's definitely tapping more into the mainstream. And I personally think that yoga is the connection. Yoga has definitely been popularized and it's, I mean, you could say a lot about that, but, and as well as self-work, it's almost been, and we've seen through the pandemic, I think that has been a big eye opener for a lot of people, how mental health is really affecting all of us. And there's been a more of a, a drive towards healing, which I think is beautiful because when we heal ourselves, we help heal this planet. We are directly connected to her, to it. So, um, yeah, I feel like I kind of went off on another tangent. <laughs> that's, that's okay. That's okay. If you could say anything to younger Ash, what would you, what would you say? Because I know I, I like to think of that at times, like, 
maybe I'm going through so much, but I know younger Mossy would be so proud of where I'm at at this point because of all that I've encountered, you know? Yes. I love that. So every now and then I like to even think like, what would I tell younger Mossy? Or, you know, if I could go back in time, even though it's impossible, but I'd love to go back and just hug her and tell her some stuff. So what would you go back in time and tell younger Ash? I, I, one thing I want to say before I, I, answer that question is also just kind of hopping back to the past one real quick. Tapping into their resiliency is a really important part in their healing as well and going to explore the inner child, right? If if you go to have an experience or or heal in your own way and it hurts and it doesn't feel good, that's mm-hmm. okay. You can back off, you can try again, but don't give up. And keep trying different things because the more things you try, the more practice that you get, the more experiences that you have with this, this healing, your own healing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's also a really important part is to not get discouraged right off the bat, right? Lots of people are looking for therapists. Mm-hmm. You may meet a therapist and you may not really get along or you may not really want to share with them authentically and deeply and if you don't they're not the right person but don't stop when I turned 18 I had a really bad well when I was 15 I started how do I say this I had a really bad eating disorder that started when I was 15 and it carried on through my mid-20s And it was a part of how I coped. It was a part of how things fell into place for me with the way that my life had been. So when I, when I moved to Missoula initially, I still had that with me and I was trying to figure out how to heal this. Mm -hmm. And I was in school and I tried to go to the school therapist and it just didn't really work for me. Traditional therapy just didn't work. And so I you know, started my own journey of healing. And I met a lot of different people and tried a lot of different things. I tried different uh, healing modalities like emotional freedom technique, tapping or um, Reiki or craniosacral therapy and uh, or body talk and these different, as I continued on my journey and, and the most important part was that I just continued on. There were times that I was afraid or times that I didn't know what to do or what direction to go in. But the fact that I kept going allowed me to meet the right people and to make the right connections so that I could I could gather the tools that really helped me to heal. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying that I'm all healed. Mm-hmm. It's a forever process. It's a it's a it's like working out and eating well. You don't just do that and then lose the weight or get the body that you want. And then you stop and start eating junk again. It's a lifestyle. And when people can really adopt that thought process around healing, it becomes hopefully less daunting because it becomes a natural part of your life. It becomes a part of the way that maybe you wake up and you take time in the morning to journal and be with yourself before you go and be with everybody else during the day. Or maybe it's, you know, you have a certain appointment with somebody that you really enjoy talking with. 
again, that healing recipe looks different for everybody, but I think that was a really important part that I, that I wanted to get across too. Thank you. Thank you for also, again, being so open and yeah, of course, your past that may possibly be hard to even tap into and talk about, but I appreciate it. I think that as I've, the, the more that I've explored these parts of myself, even the, even the parts that hurt, it is easier for me to talk about it now because I have gone and uh, deconstructed it more and more and more. And it gives me a, a sort of a power or empowered sense when talking about them because they don't hold the power that they, they used to. Um, and then as for what I would say to little Ashley, you know, right when you're saying that proud, the word proud popped into my mind. Oh. And I would, of course, say that everything is going to be okay. It may not always seem that way, but everything always works out. And the things that hurt end up being the things that help you heal often. and that one, I'm very proud of my younger self and that my younger self will be proud of my older self. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. So that's, yeah, that's probably what I would say to myself. And, and I give myself a hug. Right? <laughs> I just, that's what I automatically think of. I'm like, if I ever like, in know, some parallel universe walked past little Masi. That's the first thing I would do is I would squeeze her and be like, it's going to be okay, I promise. And that's a beautiful part of reparenting. I mean, there are times when you feel, you know, hopeless and really down and out, or, you know, maybe things are going great in your life, but you just have a low energy. Mm-hmm. That is a great opportunity to comfort yourself in the ways that I think we can best comfort ourselves when we think about how we like to be comfort as a child as well, because it's still prominent now. And that, I feel like that's like a whole other episode, but I feel like that even ties into like your love language and why they are your love languages, you know? Oh, yes. I really, really think that your inner child is connected to just about everything right interact with your your family now how you interact you know with coworkers or Mm -hmm. or just working in general or how you interact with your partners um all of it I mean even you know going to the doctors did you have a poor experience as a kid going to the Mm -hmm. doctors and now you're afraid of going to the doctors um so you know that's also a part of the reason why I am so excited about this curriculum is just the fact that it's such a prominent, well, first of all, preschool, that age range is where all of your default modes are set. And it is so influential. And when we provide children with the types of tools and skills and knowledge that we're all seeking right now, whether that's social, emotional, through mindfulness, or understanding the interconnection of the planet through eco-literacy and how we impact it, each other, it, um, how the earth sustains all life, that those values become stronger and stronger in that child. And they, we build upon those. There are our foundational um, components for who we are and how, what actions we take in our life. So I just, I'm excited about it and I'm really thankful that you 
asked me to be a part of this. Oh, I'm just, I'm thankful for you. Like I said, you, not only just with Origins, like I said, you are the anchor that ties us all together, but I'm grateful because I feel like I have a new friend. Um, sometimes I even think about, I don't, I think it was two months ago, maybe that I called, you know, you checked up on me and you're just a great friend to just listen. And I felt so comfortable with you. That was, I think something I pointed out is there's something that, um, you know, I'm still healing from that. I Mm -hmm. used to struggle to even talk about without crying. And I I called Ashley and I got, I literally just spilled maybe for like 20 minutes straight, just venting. (laughs) I didn't once cry. And I I literally paused on the phone and I was like, whoa, I didn't cry. (laughs) I did not cry once, which was surprising to me. But um, no, that's something I definitely value about you. And I love how passionate you are about origins as well. I will say I never imagined, like I I knew what I was stepping into when I started working for Origins, but the more that I work with Origins and the more that even when I'm making these meditations, one, like I said earlier, I love it being engaged in anything that I'm still learning. I feel like it's continued education for myself. Um, even through the kids, I feel like I'm learning for myself, but <sighs> Origins, their mission statement is literally catering to the child's mind, body, and soul. And I do want to end by encouraging people if you have if you know anybody that has children or um, friends who might benefit from it, it's definitely worth at least checking out. Um, definitely look into it because it's such a unique it's a unique education system, I'd say. And it's something I, I was even telling my mom when I when I first got hired, I was like, man, I wish I wish this was implemented when I was a child, when right. I was like, this is what was missing. Like, even if it was just an extra subject, you know, like an extra, right. yeah. an extra. I feel like it sounds, I know it sounds dramatic, but I, I tell my mom all the time, I'm like, I feel like that's the answer to the future, genuinely, because think about it. These kids grow up and there are future generations and like the people that are going to lead in the future. And if they just have mm-hmm. this, like principles of kindness, mindfulness, how, you know, different cultures, how to appreciate people of different, like, just imagine the world we live in. It's it's an amazing curriculum. And with as many people moving to homeschooling, Mm -hmm. it's a great option because it covers from pre-K to sixth grade, and we will be expanding in the near future. And so, you know, through 12th grade and with the free package that we, or the free subscription that we just launched, now people don't even have to pay for a subscription and they can interact with with the content which will circulate through the subjects it's a it's a much lesser version than the other subscription packages available but it gives you a taste of what we're doing and it will cycle through the subjects so that you'll get lessons uh different lessons each month which is great um but you know and that's the biggest part is that this information is getting out there. Every time I see that a new subscriber pops up for, for any of the free packages, I'm elated because I know, I know that that information is, is getting out there and children will be exposed to these mindfulness concepts. And it just, the origins effect, that ripple of conscious living uh, and well-being, I think is really is part of the answer to help our world because in 30 years when these kids grow up and start to help lead our country and create uh, new or they invent things or they create new companies they're going to have these values and morals yes 
I so. feel like it it ties into the whole topic of inner child because a lot of the principles that the curriculum is teaching the kids, nature-based learning, stuff like that, it's going to help them as they get older automatically be able to keep that inner child alive well, because tr- treat themselves yes. kindly because that's something we teach a lot is to be kind to yourself. So it's mm-hmm. just, yeah, I'm excited to see how it grows. Me too. Oh, I love it. Well, well thank you, Masiel. Thank you so much, Ashley. Again, um, can you just tell them where they can find you again in case, you know, they don't want to go back in the beginning of the episode? Um, oh, of course. Yes. Uh, any of the uh, my paintings and there are connections to Origins Curriculum through my website. It's ashleymayora.com, A-S-H-L-E-Y-M-E-Y-O-R-A dot com and my instagram handle is Mm -hmm. at ashley i'm very open and happy to talk about my experiences if that will help somebody else love that well again thank you so much i appreciate you sharing your time with me of course thank you so much